0: All right, so what I'm going to do is just a little bit of logistics for you in regards to understanding how the class operates. One more time on logistics. And then I'm going to talk about the plays that we're studying, and we'll see, what's going to, we'll see what we end with in regards to time. I do want to start with saying thanks. Thanks for making last week work. That was so weird, right? Um, but as we're all trying to navigate it, go team. We'll make the most out of this opportunity. Um, logistics for the class. So all the world's a stage you should have some type of response in. You respond to that, you get the points. Fair enough? In regards to the community code thing, that language should be super familiar, but that handout is different than Wheaton Academies because that one goes back 25 years for me, and it's very specific to a classroom setting, not a whole school setting, right? So I want you to come with questions rather than trying to figure it all out. I just wanna prepare you for Wednesday morning, 90 minutes. We're gonna be talking about Our community and uh, we're going to focus on 1 Corinthians 13 and love. I don't know how many of you when you think about a high school English classroom and the word love comes to mind. (laughs) Um, Maybe, but in this classroom that's going to be the main goal. Some of you have signed up because it's a regular English class. Sweet. It's not AP or it's not honors. It's just crazy Mr. D and a regular English class. And you know what, bless you, and I get that. And nice move. We're reading three plays, and if you read the dialogue, how long is a play? Three hours, we spend a month on this and you only have to do three hours of reading? Nice, well done. (laughs) So I get some of that, it's meant to be simple in those regards and straightforward. It is Old English, but you'll be able to navigate that just fine. All right, but so think about though, some of you signed up because you heard about this Shakespeare, this crazy Shakespeare class where they're having fun and there's loud music and they're watching videos and they're having a good time. Maybe not you, but if you did sign up for that, those classes happened because the students made it a safe, loving environment. And I'm using the word love from 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to spend at least 90 minutes looking at that and experiencing it. If you read the packet and already, that page on love with all the squares in it, we're going to fill that out and talk about how do we make it safe in here? If you signed up because you heard it was a fun class or a unique class or kind of crazy, just FYI, not all of them are. There's sometimes bullying and you know, people who are mean, they get kicked out, but that's awkward. Or then there's people who it's not safe enough to share because they're getting tweeted or texted about or they're getting gossiped about, and I can't control that stuff, right? with those classes when it's not loving then it's just a regular old english class right i want to challenge you on this one i can only do so much the fun shakespeare classes if you heard about that are when the students made it safe and loving and encouraging and inviting and then we get these awesome plays to talk about we're watching movies almost every class period yeah it can be fun but i want to set you up for this like hundred 100 percent, based off of the students in the room. Go team! So I want to have a good time, and I want to make the most out of this, and I will encourage us to do that. But I can't make you. Like I said, you can't legislate love or fun. <laughs> you know, like, that only happens as an outcome. So that's kind of what's coming logistically for this community code chat, and then we are going to jump into twelfth night. When I give you an assignment at the end of this week to read act one, scene one, okay? I want you to read and annotate. Read and annotate. You guys see some of that stuff? Okay? Don't make this harder than it is. I'll say read and annotate and find three quotes. Find three quotes. Take your phone. Take a picture of it and stick it on on campus and you get your points. Is that doable? Yeah, like this is totally doable. eventually it will be read and annotate and find five or three quotes on your theme because you're going to be following love or service or drunkenness or foolishness or whatever your theme is, marriage find quotes on your theme, put them on there take a picture, stick them on there eventually it will be find quotes on your theme and then write a paragraph or two Again, I've taught this for 20 years, I've trimmed down the homework so that it'll be engaging for those of you who love Shakespeare and are Otter students and jumped in here because it's really great. Yeah, if you lean into this, you'll learn a whole bunch and you'll, you'll do the homework and it'll, it'll engage you. Those of you who are really nervous, I can't read Shakespeare, I'm overwhelmed by this, I don't really, I've never read a book at Wheaton Academy. <laughs> okay, this should be accessible for you and doable. If you do stay up on the logistics of this class, by the time you get to our paper for Twelfth Night, you'll have 15 to 20 quotes already and four or five paragraphs already written. You'll basically have already written your paper. Got it? It's like I said last week, I'm trying to lean it all in that way. With Twelfth Night and with Henry V and with Hamlet, with all Shakespeare plays, just think about this logistically. Any of you, real question, I try not to ask rhetorical questions. Any of you have your favorite movie and you went and got the script so you can study it? Not joking, anybody? I've had two students in my 20 years who have. One one kid got the Matrix script and was reading it to study it, and it was worth it. It's a pretty cool script. Do you guys understand that that's what we're doing right now? Like, when was the the last time you grabbed your favorite musical script and studied it? Maybe you memorized it so you can dance around on stage, but you sat in a class to study Hamilton? Now, interestingly, could you do that? You could, because he spent seven years writing that script, right? It's really great. But actually, Hamilton's meant to be what? Performed. Performed, and then we're supposed to watch it. Does that make sense? All of these plays, for 400 years, sitting at a desk, studying a script? Who does that, <laughs> right? Actually, with Shakespeare, you can, because it's that good. But really, Shakespeare's meant to be seen. Maybe that's why you signed up for this class. We're gonna watch all the movies. Like, that's the whole point. We're supposed to see it, right? And so I I wanna take a deep breath there for some of you. You got a whole month to read three hours of dialogue. Can you do that? Yeah, but also we're gonna watch the movie and talk about it. With Twelfth Night, you're gonna read scenes one, two, and three, and then we'll watch it. You'll read it, and then you'll watch it. Henry V, we're gonna watch it first and then you're going to go home and read it. With Hamlet, there's like six versions of Hamlet. So you're going to read some, watch a couple different versions, compare them. You get to watch it on your own. And actually when we get to A Midsummer Night's Dream at the end of the semester, I didn't even have to get the book, right? Because what are you supposed to do with Shakespeare? Watch it. So you just going to come in and watch it together. Does that make sense? Like, I want you to realize like this, it used to be in the art department for about five or six years because it was more of a we're watching movies and we're studying literature, but it didn't have the feel of a traditional literature class because we're coming into class every day watching movies, right? And reading the script, well, you can cruise through that. Agreed? Okay, so take a deep breath, relax, you can do this, and the more you do it, the better you'll get. Couple other quick tips logistically for reading and interacting with Shakespeare. I use pink, monkey, spark, cliff notes stuff. I'm the teacher and I use all those notes. That's not cheating. It's Shakespeare. It's still challenging at times. Use whatever you want to figure it out, right? So everybody's like, it's not cheating to use the modern translation. I use that, right? I use pink monkey note thingies. What are the cliff notes? what What do you guys use nowadays? I have no idea. What's the new one? Spark now, so use Parker. Like, use all that stuff. Here's the way that I would compare it. If you signed up for this class and you're not going to actually read Shakespeare, first off, what are you doing? <laughs> why are you sign up for this class? Go get in a different one or something. Right, like If you signed up and at least read Shakespeare, that'd be like going to Thanksgiving dinner and be like, no, no, I'll just take some porridge. I don't want any of that awesome stuff. Like, why would you go to a, maybe you really like porridge, I don't know, but why would you go to a feast and not eat? the main course, right? If you want to read all the notes and the modern translations that are done by, you know, grad students getting paid 10 bucks an hour, go ahead. Why not at least eat the real stuff? Actually, if you don't do the real stuff and we talk about it in class, you'll probably be a little confused. So take the time to do the real stuff, but you need to know that it's not cheating at all to get a modern translation and to get all those notes and to use whatever you can. Actually, those of you who really want to learn and really want to engage with Shakespeare, what I do is I listen to the audio professionals read the script while I'm studying it. That's the best way, because it's all, it's all dialogue, right? So listen to it. You can find free audio that you can get from the library. It's all available, OK? Questions, thoughts, comments so far, logistics. You have a general idea of where we're going and how this class is operating. Okay, let me see how much time we have. Time goes so fast on these days. No, we're okay, we got like 15 minutes. Keep going? Okay, let me just give you a few other things on why these texts. He wrote 37 plays or whatever, why these four? Because I used to teach eight and then I dropped it to six. And now we basically do three plus Midsummer Night's Dream, okay? so. I think some of you are still on your phones. You can just declare it for us. That would be great so we know what you're doing. All right. The whole phone on the book thing, eh. Um, let's, uh, let's just look at Twelfth Night. Twelfth Night, Shakespeare is an amazing storyteller. Incredible. We all love stories. You're in, I think, from my perspective, the best story ever being written. I want you to consider story. Multi-billion dollar industries. The lady Star Wars I think made four billion dollars or whatever, something like that. It's just crazy because we as a species love stories. They said that last week. For Twelfth Night, watch what Shakespeare can do in three and a half hours. It's incredible. Some of you are gonna wanna make acting your career. Get the YouTube channel or go to Hollywood or whatever you wanna do, right? If you head to Hollywood to make it big, If you have not studied Shakespeare, no offense at all, it ain't gonna happen. Everybody who's on that screen has studied Shakespeare because of his storytelling capacity. If you wanna be a writer for scripts or novels or short stories or whatever, you gotta study Shakespeare. Every author will tell you that, okay? Actually, most of the sitcoms that you watch are based off of Shakespeare's story structure with the plot, subplot, character arc, twists and everything like that. Fair enough. Actually, Lion King, anybody? Lion King? That's based off of Hamlet. Who's seen She's the Man? Got a couple? She's the Man? That is Twelfth Night. That's the story of Twelfth Night, if you knew that. All right. And we can keep going and going and going through the stories. And him as a storyteller. Okay, so that's going to be the first focus, Twelfth Night story. When we get to Henry V, we're going to focus on language. Again, you don't have to like the play, but I can pretty much guarantee all of you that you care about what you say. How many of you have to do an interview to get into Wheaton Academy? Yeah, you don't want to botch that, do you? How about college? Anybody done any college yet? College interviews yet? Yeah, you want to navigate those carefully, don't you? You screw up that interview, how's it going to go? Yeah, you might not get to go to the college you want to because you couldn't spend 20 minutes speaking clearly and coherently, right? How about this? Your first job? Interview? Anybody? You want to say the right stuff at the right time in the right way, don't you? Yeah, Shakespeare is a master of saying the right thing at the right time. He's a master at writing speeches. How about this? It's not your first job getting it. You've had it for five years and then a pandemic hits and you've got all your employees in the room. And you, if you don't say the right stuff, your business detect, right? Come on. Right? The ones that are still going and thriving has had some good leadership who said the right things at the right time. Don't you want to be ready for that? How about Martin Luther King Jr. as I'm following? Martin Luther King Jr. gets up on camera full on. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people. He had a script and guess what he did? Someone encouraged him. And he put the script off to the side, stepped up, and that dude <laughs> has a dream. And you know what? He was at the right place, at the right time, and knew exactly what to say, and said it very well. That coo- he went to high school somewhere. Yes, think about saying the right thing at the right time. For this election, if one of them screws up during a speech, will they get elected? Like, Come on, seriously. Probably not. One sentence and you, you lose your election. <laughs> I can keep going and keep going, but that's what we're going to do. Who's heard? We few. We happy few. We band of brothers. Anybody heard that line before? Yeah, right here. Henry V, 400 years ago. He made a whole TV series on it. He's amazing at speeches and language, and we're going to dig into that as much as we can. You can put the play away and never read it again, but walk away understanding powerful speeches and powerful language. The last one is we're going to study Hamlet. Who's heard, you've heard of Hamlet? It's interesting. We could say Romeo and Juliet on the planet anywhere, and do most people know those names? Yeah, how about this? To be or not to be? If I said that anywhere on the planet, most people would know it. It's a pretty famous quote. I mean, nine billion people on the planet. I bet we could get at least half of them to be like, oh yeah, Shakespeare, right? Why 400 years later is that one line so valuable? We all know it, especially right now. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether or not I should stay stay alive in great suffering or just give up. When life gets hard and it really sucks, why not just give up? That's the quote. Yeah, we're all wondering that, aren't we? (laughs) It's interesting. Hamlet, Romeo and Juliet, how old are they? 13 and 14, that's why we study it freshman year. There's Romeos and Juliet's all over the hallways around here, aren't there? <laughs> right? So ready, why are we studying Hamlet when you're seniors? Because he's a senior. He's, a, he's probably a senior in college, but they didn't have high school back then, so he's a senior in what? High school asking these big, huge questions. He should be king of Denmark, but he's not, because his uncle took over. He's got a dead dad, a mangled family. He's trying to figure out his identity and life, just like most of us. I actually watched um, a version of Hamlet done by all women. And I already knew this, but it was so clear to see this is not a gender thing. Ladies are asking the same questions. They want to know the same stuff for identity and how to navigate life with broken families and lots of pain and lots of confusion, right? Ophelia is your age, ladies, and she could marry the prince and become queen. But she doesn't have a mom, and her dad's kind of half a dad. She's trying to figure it out, right? I like Hamlet because what we're going to do for Hamlet is focus on character development. Hamlet goes from wanting to kill himself in Act 1 and then four hours later, stopping his best friend from killing himself. Something changes in his character. Hopelessness to giving others hope. What happened in four hours? Right. The other thing that I love about character development is right now. If we were watching the movie of you in a theater munching popcorn, and you're on the screen, which character are you? Are you the really good friend who's really kind? Are you the jerk? Are you the bully? Are you the drunken fool? Are you the leader? Are you the puppy dog follower? Are you the druggie who's destroying their brain and their body? Like, like right, You're a character in a story right now. Which one are you? And you know what, if you wanna play victim, you're welcome to, you can keep playing victim. But at your age, 18 or 19, 17, you gotta stop blaming your parents, or the school, or the church. Who are you gonna be right now and in college? You actually get to decide. You know, Hamlet didn't. Who decided Hamlet's character? Shakespeare, he wrote it. You actually, in this story, can decide what type of character you're gonna be. And if you, I had someone junior year at Wheaton Academy say, Matt, do you even like who you are? And I was like, eh, I think so. And like, you know what? You can, like, change. <laughs> you can be nice. You could be the nice person if you want to. I was like, really? Like, duh, <laughs> right? But like, I wonder how many of us have actually studied that. How do you change your character? How do you take ownership for your character? And can I grow and change? Yeah, you can. I think the first thing though, at your age especially, is stop blaming everybody else for who you are right now and start deciding who are you gonna be? Who do you wanna be this year in the pandemic and heading off to college? Especially considering that unlike Shakespeare, you can talk to the author, who will give you his spirit to guide and change you and help you grow. And then we're going to study uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, one of my favorite stories. Who's heard of Midsummer Night's Dream? They're all falling in love, and they're out in the woods, and then there's fairies, and they're all getting involved, and it's kind of crazy. And then there's that awesome acting troupe that's hysterical one of the things I love about a Midsummer Night's dream is that we can apply it to our lives. Did anybody catch it? I know that last week felt like inception, right? Like, was was I in a dream or someone else's dream? Or like, did it really happen? (laughs) I'm still feeling that right now a little bit. But I want to challenge you. Did anybody catch with all the world to stage that 400 years later we can apply it to Wheaton Academy? I'm frustrated with the hypocrites. Or, what stage of life am I in? Or, whatever that might be. With a Midsummer Night's Dream, we're going to realize that I can take a story and apply it to my life. If you haven't caught that in your English classes yet, okay, whatever. We're going to spend some time on that here. But let me challenge you with this I believe that we're in a story. I believe it's a mythic, epic adventure story being written by God. What I believe is that all the great stories that you're watching and reading and all those amazing movies teach us about this story that we're in, Uh uh-oh, the distracting bug in the classroom. All right, well, it's amazing how all it takes is a bug. (laughs) I remember there was once, in the old lights that had the, like, plastic, a huge spider walked across. I was like, I'm done. Like, (laughs) everybody, look at the spider, (laughs) right? Anyways, I wanna challenge you with this. Many of you have really enjoyed the past 10 years of films with Avengers. Maybe prior to that, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Are we okay? Do I need to like, do I need to go for it here? Is it a, is it a, is it a blast? We'll I love you, little Pete. May you rest in peace. <laughs> She's still alive, so we're gonna try. Put him on the pencil No, 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 no! So now, as horrible as the sounds, we'll pray for resurrection, life, and hope in the bee. Sonia. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're all in this crazy story right now. I want to challenge you on a couple different things. If you paid attention in chapel a couple of years ago, I got up on stage and I talked about my daughter dressing up as Ray and Wonder Woman and Luke, right? She wants to be like those superheroes in those stories. Think about those stories I just listed. Gandalf, powerful. Dumbledore, powerful. Harry, powerful. Ray, a drop of golden sun. Like Ray is powerful. Luke is powerful. Yoda's powerful. Think of whatever Avenger character you want to. All these powerful heroes. Those are really cool stories. <laughs> They'll get this in philosophy class for sure, but it works in Shakespeare class. You, those of you who have accepted this truth, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in your body right now, you are more powerful than Luke Skywalker. Not as a cute little metaphor for a story. You have Christ, you have God in your body? (laughs) Is that real? That's crazy sauce. Like That's more powerful than any of the Avenger heroes. They don't have God in their bodies, right? You've got God in you. What the heck? <laughs> Who's woken up to that in this story? Like we're watching these billion dollar movies thinking, oh, it'd be so cool to be a superhero. You're more powerful than any of them, just sitting here. <laughs> right? Okay, how's it going? <laughs> like I think we need to wake up to the power of story and realize that those stories out there can teach us about the story that we're in. yeah, Shakespeare, you got a thought? Whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do. Like we said earlier, better there than here, right? So. Okay, all right. That's basically Shakespeare class. We're looking at stories, we're gonna look at the power of story, the power of words, right? The power of character and character development. And then how to apply all these amazing stories to our own lives, and so we can make the most out of the story that we're in. This is why I love teaching. I've been teaching for 20 years. This is why I do it, right? It's so cool. And, and you know what the beauty of it is? At the end of this, if you hate Shakespeare, who cares? <laughs> right? But if you walk away with that stuff, you can apply that to your own life and to any story you do like. I think that makes this worth it for whoever, wherever you are and whoever you are. At least I think so. And then that's what we're going to do, though, on Wednesdays. We're going to start. The only way we're going to make the most out of this is if we make it a safe, loving, and engaging classroom. We can still make it just a regular old English class and cruise through the information. But especially in a pandemic with global racial awakening, we're in the middle of the story, right? Like, let's go. Let's make the most out of this story right now using these texts to do that there was a, definitely a pandemic back in the day right it killed how many How many people did the black plague kill Shakespeare knows pandemic Shakespeare knows racism where you had to carry a sword on you because of racial tensions I mean simply look at Romeo and Juliet they were killing each other over just family stuff let alone racial stuff right He knows this stuff that we are in. He knows the big questions and the complexity of broken families. He himself was part of some really intense family situations and relationship stuff. So that's our goal. That's this class. Thanks for listening. Whew. Getting used to this whole thing, aren't we? Um, We got a few minutes left in class. Does anybody have any questions on what's going on in Shakespeare class. OK, and, I, and maybe she did step out of this class. And that's part of why I'm doing it these past few days, is to give you a taste of how I teach, a taste of how this is going to work, a taste of what's coming, what to expect with homework, what's the reading load like, lots of video, all that kind of stuff. So I, I want to give you guys that now, so if this is not the class for you, you don't have to feel like you have to take it. Agreed? Cool. All right. I, I, uh, if there's no questions, I think I don't need to add any more to what we just did. I think we're all kind of whew, making it through the day. Fair enough? So nice job, and thanks for listening.